fellow hooligans and welcome back to another episode of the weaving words podcast we're joined by uh one of my customers from the shop a really cool guy um this is uh my buddy jose um this is the second jose in a row that we'll have as a guest on the podcast so that'll be uh fun hopefully we can get a three-peat on the next episode um but yeah my uh my buddy jose comes into the shop a lot we usually hang out talking power rangers uh comics star wars uh, what's the latest thing you got into board game wise? There was another one you were doing. Oh, Crisis Protocol. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, one of the cool things about Jose is he's actually one of the uh, local artists at the. Uh, or did you graduate yet, or are you still going to school? You're just in between uh, semesters. I already completed my undergrad, so I'm getting my master's right now. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, he does. Uh, he's in the art department, but he doesn't do like uh, your traditional. Um, what, what would you call it, like painting, illustrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more of a, a sculptor, uh, specifically metal, right? Yeah, metal casting. Yeah, Bronze of, and aluminum. Yeah, badass, like old school, like legit shit that'll last forever. <laughs> so one of the days the, uh, the Martians will uncover a uh, exploded um, Green Ranger helmet, hopefully. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> uh, but there's a reason why I kind of want to bring Jose on is uh, he, he's kind of into a bunch of different stuff, uh, just like I am. Um, but he's uh, I forget how much younger you are than I am, because you were telling me some of your um, your past, the stuff of your past. And I'm like, yeah, but I was a little, little kid when that came out. And you're saying it was already out, like done with by the time it came out. Because you said walking with dinosaurs. I'm like, wait, that was like almost 20 years ago. And you're like, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> you said it was on VHS, which that was more surprising than anything. Um, but one of the, or the major thing that Jose wanted to talk about was mainly dinosaurs, which, uh, we haven't had an overarching subject outside of the ones that I do by myself. Cause I usually do like all star Wars, all Western, all something. But when my guests come on, they have a bunch of different things. So it's kind of cool to see a guest bring in a overarching subject. Um, but for the past, uh, the, your past stories, what, what did you want to talk about when it came to dinosaurs and why'd you want to bring dinosaurs up in general? Yeah. Hi everyone. Uh, I'm the second <laughs> Jose, uh, last name Estrada. Yeah, I wanted to bring dinosaurs because, in a way, dinosaurs led me to art, and then art is now leading me to dinosaurs again. It's like a little Ouroboros, just vicious cycle of of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what uh, what background do you have? What what in your past uh, would you say was uh, dinosaur related that influenced you a lot, or that you really liked or gravitated towards? It was uh, the Walking with Dinosaurs documentary. I discovered that uh, sort of on my own. My dad had it. But I was uh, home alone a lot, just left with his VHS collection, so I just started popping them in. And when I came across this one, it was uh, mind-blowing. You know, it was six hours, but yet I could watch this documentary twice in one day as a kid. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. I love dinosaurs, but six hours is a long time. Shoot, two hours is a long time for a kid. Um, but it must have been that good. So I've heard of Walking with Dinosaurs, uh, but kind of give me the quick rundown on, on what it is exactly. Because it is a documentary, a six-hour documentary as well. What was it exactly? Like, how did it go? It basically talks about the beginning, uh, when the first dinosaur showed up, what animals would become them, all the way until their extinction and a little bit into the mammals. Um, it was very extensive. It uh, revolutionized the industry as well because they used a lot of practical effects a lot of um, computer graphics. Uh, interesting enough for Attack of the Clones, George Lucas, when he was looking for animators, hired the people from 
walking with dinosaurs. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast a few times, but Attack of the Clones is my favorite Star Wars movie. Like, there's movies that I think are the best out of the whole franchise, but Attack of the Clones is my favorite because that's how I got into Star Wars. That was my first exposure to it, where I wasn't like, "Oh, this sucks." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that's cool to hear. Um, and and what's uh, what what would you say was the highlight? Like, cause I remember as a kid, there'd be my favorite parts of the movie. So you say you watch this twice in a in a day. So half your day, half your waking hours, were watching a a dinosaur documentary. What was your favorite part? What would you look forward to? I would always look forward to. It was, uh, I think, a brachiosaur or in the, in the seropod family. And it would uh, document like eight of them that just hatched and them trying to grow up to maturity. And only one of them made it. Oh, shoot. <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier, too, about, you know, mm-hmm. just back in the day. And even nowadays, how, yeah, pe- they would just have a lot of species would have a bunch of kids because not all of them are going to make it. <laughs> but th- that would be the brachiosaur. That's like the long neck ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are cool freaking little foot that was another one as a kid that i grew up with was land before time and that was oh, dinosaur yeah. related yeah the sharp tooths <laughs> I remember tree that. stars what uh, it's funny there was a podcast not a podcast uh let's play i was watching where um they they're talking about that they keep bringing up uh land before time for some reason and they said nothing made kids want to eat leaves more than them making them look good in land before time and calling them yeah. tree stars <laughs> I, I ate some leaves <laughs> you ate some tree stars yeah yeah <laughs> that's funny and then uh, what else uh, when you were a kid uh, was dinosaur related that you were just really into? Because I know what I was into. <laughs> After Walking with Dinosaurs, I started looking around to see if we had any more dinosaur movies. I ended up finding um, Jurassic Park and even an old Jules Verne's movie. Um, Land Before Time. Yeah. Land Before Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I uncovered Jurassic Park, it was just amazing because they did... You know, you, you see these dinosaurs on screen at practical effects with humans. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big deal because if you humans. said you watched uh you watched that or walking with dinosaurs beforehand and they did a good job with the uh, the practical effects there, but it was all dinosaurs with dinosaurs. So seeing humans next to me, you're like, oh wow, these things are massive and they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, very much. Uh, do you have a favorite out of the? Because uh, I'm assuming you watched all three of them, right? That was it. Uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, was it Lost World of Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park or Lost World or something like that? Yeah, that was the second one. And then uh, the third one, I forget what the third one was called. Yeah. I think it was just Jurassic Park 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it had that new dinosaur with like the fin. The Spinosaurus. Yeah, and beat the crap out of the T-Rex. I remember that. <laughs> that was my favorite dinosaur from the Jurassic Park Oh, franchise. really? <laughs> it. Um, I'll get into it later uh, once we go into the future, but the, the way uh, scientists have understood how it looked has changed drastically. Like how? Um, you know, in, in JP3, you have it like being bipedal, moving like a T-Rex, yeah, yeah. being on land primarily. Now, it was always thought to be a relative of the crocodile. Yeah. So now it's sort of like aquatic, semi-aquatic. Right. And it basically fished. And now it has like uh, its fin breaks into three sections. But it's all continuous. So it starts with one that's higher. Yeah. And another one that ducks down. And then towards the tail, there's another little one. Okay. So I can kind of like navigate a little bit more in the water. That's interesting. That's a cool idea. Because I think in uh, in Jurassic World, the first of the Chris Pratt movies, they show it in the water, right? Like it's like swimming and stuff. Kind of like an alligator was, but with his feet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that makes more sense as to why they did that. I never even put two and two together until you brought that up. That's cool. That's one thing I do like. Um, Again, I grew up with Jurassic Park. My idea of a dinosaur is still going to always be Jurassic Park dinosaurs. But I understand that they... 
the way we understand how they look is definitely different in reality than what we imagine again. And and I think they've done a good job in the new Jurassic Park movies kind of being like uh, they, they had that one uh, scientist basically saying like, yeah, they don't look like this. Do you had to splice them with frog DNA? You had them, you know, make them look cool instead of more practical or more what they actually look like more authentic. Because, you know, what is it now? Like they were mostly uh, covered in like feathers, furry, like feather type stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because a lot of them just became birds, right? Like. Um, isn't the Velociraptors like nearest relative of freaking chicken or something? Or not the Velociraptor? Yeah, was it the Velociraptor? Velociraptor's a little closer, but it wasn't like it wasn't Jurassic Park three. Velociraptor was found to be only like three feet tall. Yeah, well, that's what the, like the little guys in the in the was it the first Jurassic Park movie? Where's the one where the, the girls get a, that little girl gets attacked by all the tiny little ones? Lost World. Yeah, w- second one. Yeah, isn't that closer to what the raptors are actually like, or most of them, like the Velociraptors and stuff? Because I know the Utah Raptor, which we were talking about earlier, is the big one. That's the one that they kind of stole the design for for the movies, right? For the original ones. Actually, they stole the design from the Deinonychus. Oh, okay. That was the one. That was the fossil record that they were confusing with the Velociraptor. Oh. Because it wasn't like um. The way I understood it, it wasn't concrete that the Velociraptor was three feet until they finally started. Um, looking at the dinosaurs, finding more fossil record and realizing, oh, these are all the same, and they're yeah. all the same size ish. Because I'm sure they probably thought it was like a baby dinosaur or something at some point. Then, if if they were confused as to the size of it, right? Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, dude, yeah, Jurassic Park was really good. I remember watching the first one as a kid, dude. Like McDonald's, McDonald's or Burger King had like watches. I had a cool Jurassic Park watch. Um. I had the the toys too. I had the big T Rex with a chunk that of meat oh, that yeah. comes off of them, and I had the uh, Velociraptor as well that would like break out the the little cuffs. I don't know why I had handcuffs. It was just a bad Velociraptor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that. I remember vividly them getting taken away from me at school and never getting them back. I was, Ooh. dude, and they were like that was my first day taking them to school too. So I just had no yeah. like. <laughs> my parents were pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, and uh, but you, you said a, a lot of it kind of influenced your art nowadays. Like, what what are you working on um, now that's influenced by uh, by dinosaurs? Okay, so. Um, Jurassic Park led me to watch the special features of the movie because back then uh, movies came with bonus features and special features. Some of them still do now, but streaming services don't really put them up. Yeah. I think I the only one like I've seen should. that regularly does it is um, Disney Plus, but they don't lump it in with the movie or the mm-hmm. show. It's like its own other little streaming show. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Because, yeah, you're right. You don't, with streaming services, there is no more special features. You don't see the behind the scenes, you don't see the bloopers, you don't. You don't see any of that, actually. No director's commentary or anything. True. And I distinctly remember it was James Earl Jones voicing the special feature, taking you through how they created um, everything for the movie. And one of the scenes that they show that probably uh, sowed the seed of like wanting to work on this stuff for me was a giant workshop with a mechanical 30-foot T-Rex getting sculpted by a group of artists in clay it's like life-size dinosaur and then oh, they're actually making it that's, mm. that's a big deal though because it, it never clicks uh, i don't say that never but a lot of the times all it takes is one little weird thing to just click it in your head like oh yeah i can do that um because before that you're probably like oh yeah it's just put out there and then when you start seeing people make it you're like oh they actually actually make oh, this yeah. you know like and if they can make it i can maybe learn how to make it someday because that's the thing too is i've always grown up i've loved reading i've loved you know um 
watching movie shows, whatever. I love stories. I always like stories. So I would write. The only time I would write stories, though, was for school. And I remember mm-hmm. it was like my sophomore year of high school. And my teacher, Miss Flores, you know, big, big reason why I like doing what I do now and write is she's like, oh, you're really good at writing. You ever thought about writing your own stories, in your own books? I'm like, oh, you can do that. Like, <laughs> like it just never clicked until she said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can do that. It's like food, yeah. right? Like you just never think I can cook my own food. You oh, just, yeah. you know, figured like, yeah, my mom brings it to me or the person at the restaurant brings it to me or it's already ready to go in the store. Like, wait, somebody makes this? Like, I can mm-hmm. make this myself? I can eat whenever I want? And it's one of those like, oh, yeah, I can just write it. I can do it. I can build it. I can I can oh, make yeah. it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those little weird, funny moments you, you, people don't realize all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just a little switch flips of like, this is something I want to do. Yeah, for me, it made me commit my first crime. <laughs> what'd you do i was in second grade and the teacher gave us modeling clay and where did i just see modeling clay i watched the special features like, probably like the day before <laughs> um not for the first time for like maybe like the, the 15th time but it was fresh in your head it was fresh in my head so she wanted the clay back so i kept all my <laughs> clay i didn't give it back and then I went around asking people for like pieces of their clay. Right. So I ended That's up with like funny, dude. A, a giant ball. <laughs> a giant ball of clay. And what did I do when I get home? I tried sculpting dinosaurs. <laughs> like um I yeah, that was probably my my favorite toy to play with, my favorite thing to play with. I didn't pay attention. Cuz you can make it. You can yeah. you can it's it's you're you're only bound by your your imagination. That's what's cool about Legos and Lincoln Logs mm. and Connects and Clay and Play-Doh and all that. And anything you can just make your own fun. Um like it's cool. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. You look around, I have licensed toys and all that stuff. I, I like my toys oh, just yeah. as much as the next kid. But there's something different about about being able to create being able to create is just i don't know i don't i don't know what it is like because some people don't have that some people don't for them they only want the pre-made whatever they want to be presented Mm. with stuff i'm like no i want to make stuff i want to present shit i want i want people to look at something that i made and be like that's fucking cool and yeah that's just being able to work out and and trial and error too that's a good way to kind of get it out of your your uh your system of what works what doesn't um a lot of experimenting same thing what i do with my writing i make it's more volume than anything else and eventually the quality kind of comes through you know i'll write a hundred shitty stories until i get one like banger mm-hmm. um so no, that, that, I, I completely get it man play-doh or for me it was definitely like legos and connects my cousin had connects and that's how i would build stuff because i always thought like very mechanically and same thing when i started doing word working and stuff same thing it's, it's very much an art but it's also like a technical science as well and definitely. i'm sure you find that working with metal i mean you've told me some of the stuff you do and i'm just like i don't even know what the fuck that means dude but oh, like yeah. there's a science to it right there's there's you got to know how the the material works in order for your hands to be able to shape it the way you want yeah i mean that modeling clay was life-changing for me because uh i hated play-doh play-doh never worked for what i wanted it to because play-doh if you've too ever soft yeah it's too soft it gets all Falls dry apart, yeah and this modeling clay like it's it's oil-based and it stays you know doesn't dry doesn't harden and yeah, after I learned how to use that, um, I wouldn't pick up oil clay until I started college. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what made you uh, pick it up? Art class or what? Or just... Um, what happened was when I went to... When, when I was out of high school, I went into college. All right. I graduated high school in 2016. Uh, I'm 23 for everyone out there. And what happened was I was debating whether to enroll as a psych major or an art major 
on the orientation day, they probably hated me because I made them change me like three different <laughs> times. I'm like, oh, take wow. me with the art majors. Like, no, nah, maybe take me with the psych majors. It's, it's a big choice. Yeah. Dude. People don't get that. Even being a young kid, like it, it's uh, when you're fresh out of school, basically being told to like, hey, plan out your life right now because it's going to matter. Mm-hmm. That's hard to tell. Oh, yeah anyone who's you know freaking brains not fully developed because like you said you know in just one day you'll switch back and forth back and forth people do that throughout their life and by the time they Mm -hmm. figure it out sometimes it's too late on what they want to do it's never too late you know you can always work on it but it's a lot easier when you're younger you're more resilient can put up with a lot more bullshit when you're younger knowing that you have more time ahead of you (laughs) yeah and there was that stigma of like my dad went to art but didn't get a degree so i carried that with me but at the same time my solution was, you know what? I'm going to keep my major psych, but I'm going to take an art class when I first start. And I, I did. I took a design class, but I didn't like it. So I dropped it. And then my friends were taking beginning sculpture. And so then I thought to myself, if there's any place where I can do um, what I wanted to do as a kid, which was bring like a dinosaur to life, bring ideas to life uh, to do what the people did in the special features, those team of artists making molds, casting stuff, it was going to be at this university in the art department. It's people don't realize, um, again, dude, like I, I'm, I see both sides of it. I, I, I try to find the balance and everything. Uh, cause you get a lot of, uh, arguments, a lot of back and forth about, you know, um, schools having, you know, funding for art, funding for this and that. And everything, I think everything's valid. Um, but yeah, when you go to a school, you have access to, Mm-hmm. Again, like we, I mean, we've had this conversation maybe in the last year where it's like, yeah, if you weren't going to school and having access to these tools, would you be doing um, any type of the bronze work, metal work? Probably oh, not. No. You'd, you'd probably be doing something to get you the money to make the thing to work on in the meantime, instead of working on your craft instead. So it's, yeah. there's a benefit to having this stuff at your disposal. Same thing when I was in high school was uh, um, having the access to all these woodworking tools where like, you know, I have a table saw, but it's not. I have a table saw and I was using it up until I moved here. But when my lathe and my drill press and all my power tools got stolen, it's just, that's thousands of dollars that Mm -hmm. I just can't afford to be like, fuck it. Let's just go throw it on the credit card. Let's just go replace it. I just can't do that. And you have access to all that when you go to school and obviously you're paying for it, right? Like with your tuition and stuff like that. Um, But it's, it's still, it's, it's nice not having to worry about the materials as much or the, the tools as much and just focusing on what you want to do with the craft, the, the more again the artistic process is just nice not having to worry about anything else that's why i do like the idea of um you know outside of school having stuff like uh uh community workshops i like the idea of because of the internet if you are an artist you can find ways to make money on the side or as you're making you know if you're good enough and, and business mind enough with your art you know you can sell prints if you're a illustrator you can sell you know ca- stuff that you cast um yeah like th- th- there's there's things you can do now that weren't at your disposal, you know, pre-internet. So I'm, I'm glad that that's an opportunity. I'm, I'm glad people are kind of starting to realize the only problem I have now is uh, when it comes to like art supplies or art product is, you know, there's so much pirates out there. So much people that are just stealing shit. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there that, you know, they just, they'd rather just order it for a fraction of the price from China. And it's like, yeah, but your neighbor or your buddy, you know, the worst is when it's your friends are like, Hey man, you know, can you do this cheaper? I'm like, no, you should give your friends more money. Yeah, definitely <laughs> pay an artist. Um, what their work is worth. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of it too is, uh, and again, we can go back and forth all day about like, uh, well, some people can't do it, this and that, but uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, the artist kind of determines the price. And if you refuse to accept, you know, the best, mm. especially if you're in demand, if you've got a lot of people, um, I heard this really cool thing about, a. It, it wasn't art specifically. It was more about just your business where there was this guy, he had a lot of clients. He had, he was losing money cause he wasn't able to book as much clients cause he didn't have t- enough time. So what uh, his friend told him is you double your price and he goes, well then I'll lose my clients. Yeah. But if you lose half your clients, but you double the money, you're making the same exact amount of money for less yeah. work. So again, like, yeah, it's fine to do stuff inexpensively at first for, especially for people, you know, but eventually, you know, you gotta, you gotta be business minded. And that's the unfortunate part is a lot of the people who are, you know, in it for, and I get it, dude. Like I like art again, I do my own type of art stuff, but the people who are very artistic about it don't want to have to worry about money, but money, resources, a roof yeah. over your head, that stuff matters. You it can't do art in. if you're starving. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It factors in to, and to be, how do you say, ignorant, not ignorant, but just um, like foolish enough to say, oh, it shouldn't matter. I'm like, yeah, what shouldn't, you know, there, a lot of stuff shouldn't matter, but it, it does. does. Yeah. <laughs> it comes down to that. Yeah, it does, dude. And, and that's why, like, I like seeing when people grind and are artistic. You know, I got buddies who do tattoos and, you know, they bust their ass to make money with tattooing. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. You're doing something that you love, artistic, mm-hmm. you know, it's an expression of yourself. You're doing stuff that you like and you're able to make money and live off of it. That's freaking awesome. No, dude. Uh, what? What? Uh, so you said you you started going to school to do uh, art, and then um, what, what were you working on initially? Then when you first got into school, well, it was just a beginning sculpture class. So um, making a project out of cardboard, out of clay, and then making a mold of a face. Um, just kind of just to wet my feet a little. But the next semester, I took um, uh, intermediate sculpture, and then I started working on a piece where I started welding metal. Oh, shit. It used wood. It used plexiglass. A lot of mediums, yeah. And then I heard there was a metal casting class, so I signed up for it. And I learned that there's so much mold making involved. And then mold making, I'm like, where have I seen this before? Um, In all those special features. And I knew that a perfect thing to sculpt with was oil clay. Yeah. So I picked up the oil clay, and then I just started sculpting a bust of faces. Um... And I would eventually end up casting those in metal and I still continue to and that work has evolved on its own. And I've learned from the medium the same way I learned from that oil clay I stole in second grade how to use it to render my ideas into an actual physical piece yeah yeah because it's 3d in here or it's like mm-hmm. 4d in here and then when you you know that, that's the hardest part i think as an artist too because i have that when it comes to even story writing where it's you're never gonna get 100 percent what you have in mind and that's kind of where yeah. the 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 master right your 10,000 hours something your, your perfectionist comes out where it's like let's get it as close to what i think it should be and and it's hard it's hard sometimes especially from the outside you know um you can be working on something and being like no in my head i see it better than what it is now and me on the outside being like well it looks good to me and same thing somebody who's like a cook then being like no no this isn't what i envision this is what i want somebody being like well this tastes good to me and i I think that's one of the parts of uh having some type of like artistic or you know uh expressive um outlet where uh yeah like uh, having the or not only having but like finding sometimes the the formats or the tools or the mediums to make your what do you have in your in your in your mind a, a real thing it's 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 hard sometimes and it takes again a lot of trial arts it's, it's nice being in positions where you can just be like you know what let's let's experiment let's try things out um but yeah 
Yeah, know? it takes a lot of self-stubbornness. Yeah. Because um, once you have the idea, you want to get it out, and you kind of can't move on until you get it out. And as a kid, that's the mind I had when I would watch Walking with Dinosaurs, Jurassic Park. I needed to know how they made all this happen. Yeah, because you're, you're like, I know now that I know that they've made it, how do they make it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. How do they make it so I can make it? <laughs> exactly, because like, um, as good as any figure can be of a dinosaur, when that's yours or whenever like that idea becomes your own idea, it's a different experience. It's more fulfilling than just paying for it and getting um, someone yeah. else's version of it. I understand that. Sometimes that's just as gratifying for some people, but for me, right. I need to, um, I need to make it myself. I need to find yeah, out well, how. I, I get that, and not just that, but I also get that that uh, urge of I like this universe. I want to make my mark on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I you know um, you've gotten them in the past, and I get them still a lot. Is the Star Wars Legion miniatures, and I love all my official stuff, but I also would like to make my own custom stuff and be like, this is mine, like. These are pieces taken from stuff that everybody has, but no one has this the way I made it. Like exactly. Now. So it's nice just being able to put your mark on something that you love, that you like, that you're passionate about. Um, that, that is very interesting. It's very cool. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, I was just, you know, made the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that uh, you grew up with that was dinosaur related that um, that uh, you've been doing art with now is Mighty Morphin. We talked about it, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That was all dinosaurs. That was part. all dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's freaking cool. Yeah, I didn't even make that connection until we were talking about it earlier because I was just remembering uh, the helmets you've been making and working on right now and um, the coins you've made in the past too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dinosaurs were really rampant in my childhood and without them, I don't think I would have, you know, had that leap into wanting to know how something was made as much as dinosaurs because dinosaurs were were, right. were cool i mean they're dinosaurs are cool dinosaurs are there's nothing that a kid loves more than dinosaurs and like fortnite or freaking minecraft or whatever it's like exactly dinosaurs are always going to be popular no kid is not gonna especially a boy um no boy's ever going to not be like oh big giant lizards whatever that's that's boring it's like no dinosaurs are freaking cool oh yeah no matter what version of them you know we were talking earlier about uh the different um iterations or renditions of the dinosaurs that have existed and you mm-hmm. were bringing up uh what was that gentleman the, the first guy to do uh uh um, benjamin waterhouse hawkins in 1854 so the victorian era all the way back then their fossil records weren't really like um massive you know there weren't too many fossils so they kind of just went on what was around them so a lot of these dinosaurs look like giant iguanas. Yeah, they're just giant lizards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they look at the bones. They just think like, "Oh, it's just a bigger version of the lizards we had now." They're just bigger bones. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember w- seeing those, some of those images. I, it's funny you bring like all this dinosaur stuff up, and I had been watching a bunch of in the last month or so. I watched mm-hmm. a bunch of dinosaur documentaries, and that was one of the things is like the early renditions of dinosaurs is like you said, like an iguana or. A, uh, what are they like the Gila lizards or whatever? Like it was just a big, oh, yeah. It, yeah, they'd look like lizards, like mm-hmm. just something, just slightly larger versions of what we already see. Yeah, it, was, it wouldn't be until um 1878 in Belgium that they got a full fossil, like a like a massive collection of iguanodon fossils, and the iguanodon was one of uh Hawkins's famous uh dinosaur sculptures. It he made it basically made it look like a gigantic iguana. And it had a horn. They thought that 
the bone that was at the end was a was a, like a rhinoceros horn. Yeah. And then now that's changed so much that we know that they could walk on two legs or four if they chose. You know, they didn't have that horn. And those were the iguanodons I had, like, right. as a kid. Like, that's what I knew about them. But, I mean, like, even even though they solidified things then, it's changed now. Well, that's the thing with uh, paleontology in general, history mm-hmm. in general, is it's always changing when new... Uh, when new information comes to light, it's going to change. Um, uh, what was it? Again, I've been watching a lot of documentaries, and there was one talking about, I was doing a lot of research into the uh, history of the uh, Central, North, Central, and South American, you know, uh, early inhabitants. And they were, you know, it was brought up, I think it was like the Tolmec uh, civilization. And they basically, it was a husband and wife, and they said like, no, this civilization seems... All the markers show that it is much older than the rest of the civilizations we know. And everybody laughed at them like, oh, that's just wishful thinking. You just want to have your name in a book. And then like decades later, it's like, oh, yeah, they were right. Yeah. After they're fucking dead. Like (laughs) one of the professors at Fresno State, I believe, I'm not sure if he's part of that discovery, but he did discover that a group of people were from further back in history than um, than what they had thought. Yeah. Yeah. And he published a bunch of research. Um, if any of you guys are history buffs out there, his name is Luis Gordlo Pelias. Okay. That is a professor. Yeah, see, I love history because yeah. they're, they're, as far as we know, they're really cool stories that actually happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And the dinosaurs, what I like about the way they've changed is that dinosaurs are in a way speculative because we, we don't know al- what they look like. We weren't alive. Yeah. You no, know, we can have like our best guesses based on what we have now, but... How cool would it be? How cool would it be to be able to pull out a specimen of a dinosaur like mm-hmm. we have with like the woolly mammoths and the cave lions and stuff, you know, like actually preserved. Oh, yeah. Like preserved in a good condition. Yeah. Like in either an ice or a tar or something like that. And it's like, yeah. dude, imagine just pulling out like any dinosaur, any dinosaur and being like, whoa, what the hell? They have <laughs> found mummified dinosaurs, but they've been like... um they're not as pristine as like a mammoth because right. they're so from so so far much back. further back. Yeah, people don't get it. Like when you, if you lined up the history of creatures walking on Earth, like a timeline for a video, the segment with humans would you you blink it and miss it. Like it's it's mm-hmm. nothing compared to these eras, these epochs of of you know past creatures, and even yeah the the woolly mammoths, all these uh these um what was it called the um dang I'm brain farting right now, but the the ice age the ice age animals. Um, oh yeah, the mammals. Yeah, they they're so much longer than we are yet. Again, that even that's not that long compared to yeah dinosaurs. Those were gigantic. Yeah, and um. You know, that was because there was more oxygen in the atmosphere that they could be that size and right. live like that. That's why as they've as uh, life evolved, it got smaller and smaller. Because it had to, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff that just couldn't get... um Couldn't maintain itself that big. Exactly. I think the only stuff that could is like bugs because they have that exoskeleton. No, bugs, uh, bugs reduced in size dramatically. Yeah. Like you used to have two foot um, wingspan dragonflies, like some bugs were six feet in length, and they all, they all basically, uh, 
diminished in size yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's not enough oxygen for them to support them being large anymore. Really? Okay. Mm. So you learn. <laughs> yeah. There's something every day. Yeah, I know. This stuff was like, I would read textbooks. That's how I learned about, um, well, Hawkins. Um, a textbook led me to checking out a, a, there's a children's book actually written about him. Okay. That goes through the way he made his dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, eventually in 1936 that little exhibit that he put was destroyed in a fire but this guy was like the master sculptor for dinosaurs right right like when he presented this uh like just how we think of dinosaurs is based off the spielberg dinosaur from jurassic park at the at their Mm -hmm. time that was like their spielberg there yes like that's the guy like dinosaurs are whatever that guy made yeah exactly and when he had the banquet he literally did it in a giant uh, mold of a of the iguanodon um, dinosaur he made, so they were literally sitting. Their table was inside this giant iguanodon. Oh dang! <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. Very cool, and um, that's kind of how you know that led me to art, and then now art's leading me to dinosaurs again because I've been uh, sculpting some dinosaurs. I have a spinosaurus that I'm working on. Um, I tried sculpting a Tyrannosaurus, uh, and my goal and ambition is for the future to make a life-size dinosaur, probably a Deinonychus, and make it um, scientifically accurate to what it is now. Okay, like what what it actually would be like, not mm-hmm. just uh, what you want it to be. It's like yeah, that, that'd be really cool, man. Um, you can do that or or hear me out, man. Since you do the metalworking and you want to make your own dinosaurs, what we do is we make the first Terminator dinosaur. So they go further back in time. They go further back in time. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't be opposed to it. That'd be Yeah. It'd be like a T Rex, so it can't have the gun because it's too small. <laughs> True. I was just thinking about that right now. I'm like, all right, man, you know. <laughs> I mean Predator's doing it. Predator's in that new movie, um, the prey, right? Prey, they're, yeah, yeah. I'm they excited showed about up, that. Uh, earlier, <laughs> see what? Why not? Right? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> they got to make a movie of them hunting dinosaurs, but it's all done through the dinosaurs' perspective. Oh, that would be cool, dude. you know. <laughs> see all these great, great ideas that uh, we can mm-hmm. just elaborate on further. Um, but again, yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, why wouldn't predators just show up during? I mean, yeah, because their whole point is they um they like to hunt. They like it's to not hunt. just sentient yeah. beings. Mm-mm. That that'd be a really cool idea. That and then the Terminator one, I think. Well, there's still there's still some juice to be squeezed out of that fruit. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they can go back in time. Why just stop at whatever? Stop you at know? humans, yeah. and not just that. Why? All right, you know. So their whole thing is like we got to go and stop John Connor from being born. So we got to mm-hmm. go and kill him before his mom before he's born. I'm like, why don't you just go back further in time and kill like the grandma? Or the great grandma, you know. That's true. Imagine like civil war status, you know, freaking musket and ball or ball uh ball musket, freaking <laughs> <laughs> Union and uh Confederate soldiers fighting off a Terminator, fighting off an Arnold Schwarzenegger. An Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> leading a charge. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh my god. That could be done. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. That's freaking funny, dude. Uh, but what else are you looking for? You said you're looking for to make a life-size dinosaur. What do you think are the steps you need to do in order to get that done? Like, what's the biggest hurdle you'd say that's in the way right now of you doing it right now? 
I need a lot of oil clay. A lot of oil clay? <laughs> need a lot of oil clay. Um, no, it's just finding a space where it can live while I work on it. Right. I think that's a big deal is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, having a space for it to stay. And then also you want to put it somewhere, too. Like, you want to have all oh, this yeah. stuff set up, ready to go to, and somewhere where it can, you know, chill for a while as well because it would take a lot of space. Um I'm trying to think. I mean, have you ever thought about uh, communicating? It, do we still have that, like, museum downtown? I don't even remember. I thought the Fresno Art Museum? I think so. It's still there. Okay. That might yeah. be a good place to try it out. I remember when I was a kid, I would go to the, yeah, the Fresno Art Museum or whatever it was um, all the time on field trips. Um, that would be a good spot. You never know. I used to go to a, a museum where they had dinosaurs, too, as a kid. I just don't remember where it was at because I used to live in Dallas Palace, so we would travel all over mm-hmm. the valley. Um, but yeah, man, dude, it was always cool just going to the, the, you know, uh, the museums and seeing like all the dinosaurs, all the taxidermy stuff. History oh, yeah. to me has always been really cool. And yeah. Dinosaurs are the freaking best. Um, another thing you said you were looking forward to, you know, on, on the kick of dinosaurs and then, uh, you said is the new Jurassic world movie, right? Uh, what's the new one called? Dominion. Dominion. And is that the newest one's Dominion? What was the last one called then again? I know you told uh, me. The last one was Fallen Kingdom. What happens in that one? Because, like I said, I haven't seen that one. Um, but what happens in that one make you look forward to this new one? Or is it just because it's Jurassic Park? It's just dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> what happened in the last one is they touch on um, gene splicing, like different dinosaurs making hybrids. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's a logical step forward for them in their world because we do have their there does exist technology like CRISPR and other gene editing um, software that can be used. And then at the end of Fallen Kingdom, like dinosaurs that they were selling off to like rich people. Yeah, that want them, you know, all these exotic mm, pets. They end up breaking free and going out into our, our world. Like, right. Or like, so it's like, uh, what was it, uh, Land of the Dinosaurs or Din- Dinotopia? Dinotopia, <laughs> yeah. And then now Jurassic World Dominion. Um, they're already out in the world. They're already out in the world. And I don't know, it's just something cool about. Now, if I don't see Chris Pratt, Fred Flintstone down a Brontosaurus, I'll be really upset, dude, because <laughs> they just, they missed a perfect Flintstones opportunity. That exactly. or, or that or some type of like foot pedaled vehicle or dinosaur, something where a dinosaur has a job. I want to see a dinosaur have a job. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yes. Yeah. Honestly, that would be cool. And um, this new one has uh, one of my, one of my favorite dinosaurs, the Therizinosaurus. It's a, it's a hard word to say. <laughs> but it's basically this this dinosaur it's it's bipedal so it walks on two feet and it has like three long claws in the front okay you know and um jurassic world well i mean they got to make it scary so right. it's kind of raptor like but uh in like the actual textbooks at least when the ones i've come across it was a little slower it was more of a grazer okay versus like like a carnivore like a hunter right so but, but was it still a carnivore though or um not really no okay that's interesting it's uh three long claws helped it to like reach up to a tree pull a branch down yeah and graze off of that okay Mm. that makes sense Jurassic world dominion though they can easily turn it into a carnivore and say oh well we spliced it with the dna of a yeah you can just bullshit it we (laughs) again we've spliced this endoskeleton of a terminator into the t-rex yeah you know you walk into like the toy section for the jurassic world toys yeah and like i can tell you at least half of the dinosaurs are made up yeah those names are not real (laughs) 
And I was at a Target earlier today and I was looking at the Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, is this even a real dinosaur? Like in my head, I'm like, I don't think this is real because they just don't look right. Like I'm like, exactly. They don't look like anything I've seen. The names are kind of bullshit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then the ones that are real are probably misrepresented because, um, yeah, I, the one you just talked about being a herbivore. And then uh, I know there's some dinosaurs again. You know, uh, since even since the uh, the Spielberg like Jurassic Park movies in the '90s, we've learned so much more. Where it's like, yeah, certain dinosaurs aren't real. They're like a mixture of two or three different fossils that they mm-hmm. just happen to find together or find that were similar enough. Where like, we'll just make this Frankenstein dinosaur and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's real until somebody proves that it's not. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know. I, I, it's interesting, but I feel like it's a it's a little disservice to kids that want to learn about dinosaurs. Right. Because, like, what if one of those becomes a favorite dinosaur? They look it up and it's like, oh, it's not real. Right. It was made for the movie. <laughs> it, it You know what, though? Like, uh, that, at the very least, would help get them into it, though. Like, it would, though. How, yeah. how many kids otherwise would just not even care to look up dinosaurs? So it's kind of a cool idea. I want to say yeah. that's a complete disservice. It's just one of those, like, it'd be nicer to be able to tell, you know, the bullshit apart. Mm. I think uh, one of the ways would have been, too, is uh, kind of do it like um, if you walk into Walmart nowadays, they have those uh, alien predator toys for kids. But they're all like neon, complete with solid like neon oh, or, yeah. or purple, neon green. So it'd be cool if they did something like that with the the fucked up like bullshit dinosaurs, where it's like, oh yeah, this one has like tiger stripes and polka dots and on and whatever, you know, yeah. like you, they're uh, what do they call them? Uh, they're designer designer DNA dinosaurs, you know, made mm. for these people who wanted them made a specific way. I'm like that'd be kind of better. But but like I said, even though the legit ones, they've kind of uh, misrepresented. They've, yeah, they've changed them, and um, a lot has to do with the fact that. It took a while for people to accept feathers on dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like um, for the longest time, like you, you'd have like books, right? Like information books, no feathers on any of them. Right. And then what they noticed was that their bones had little striations on them. The yeah, same like way, where the quills would go. Yeah. yeah. Same way birds do. And then they're like, no, they had they had feathers. And it's like, okay, let me look at it. It's not as cool looking. I like the other one better. Right. Well, and then I think a lot of it, too, is like, well, you can't prove that it didn't have feathers either. And people are just going back and forth. And didn't they find a fossil that had, like, preserved feathers on it, too? Yeah. It was like, we're going up and like, oh, yeah, no, they had feathers. And maybe not all of them, but mm. a lot of them did. A lot of them, yeah. The There's a, a podcast I listened to with these guys from a Let's Play channel. It just doesn't exist anymore. But uh, it was a Super Best Friends podcast. And uh, they would make fun of that all the time because they're from Canada. And they would talk about this would have been maybe five, six years ago that I would listen to the podcast regularly mm-hmm. and they would talk about how, um, how, yeah, they're, they're, they're pussifying the, the T-Rex. They're like, <laughs> oh man, they put feathers on him. He doesn't have any feathers. And then an article came out, I guess, where they were, they, I don't know if it was real, if they were just making fun of it, where they were saying like, mm. oh yeah, the T-Rex, the reason it had such a big, you know, nuzzle was so it could be a better, you know, uh, uh, for reproduction and, you know, whatever. And it was, wait, the T-Rex was scary looking just to be a better lover. Nah, nah, you can't puss up on my T-Rex further. <laughs> like they're just joking around. But yeah. it was like, yeah, dude, we, we find out more and more stuff where it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, dude, it's nothing like what we we thought which i i find cool 
because I'm not like one of these guys, you know, you get a lot with like any new franchises that are making uh, remakes of original stuff where they're like, it's ruining my childhood, ruining mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, well, it's still there. Like, it's still there. I yeah. still like Jurassic Park. I still mm-hmm. watch it. Those memories are good. But what really is or what is current is different. And it can be cool if, you, if you're open minded enough or if it is. I, and, and I just so happen to find cool new shit, you know, like actual science, actual discovery, oh, yeah. paleontology to be cool. So for me, it's like that's I'm, I'm, I'm for it all shit man you want to talk about how they well what i want to start happening is that dinosaurs weren't really from earth i want them to be dropped in let's just mix in the whole <laughs> fucking alien theory and yeah. dinosaurs and stuff like yeah no it turns out that we are the fourth form of humans and we've came and went so many times i just want some crazy shit to happen pull so, pacific rim on us <laughs> yeah see oh man yeah <laughs> i'm down all right, man. Uh, but I think that's uh, a good amount. We've uh, talked about a lot of really cool dino-related stuff. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Jose actually has a really cool Instagram where he posts a lot of his art stuff. This morning he posted uh, some work he's doing on a Green Ranger helmet. Um, what was your uh, Instagram handle, Jose? Instagram handle is Estrada underscore uh, 113. So that's E-S-T-R-A-D-A underscore 113. Nice, nice. And what, uh, what, what do you... What are you working on that these guys can look forward to? Uh, you can look forward to these Ranger helmets that I cast in aluminum. Um, looking to see where they go. Nice, nice. So right now you're just doing the Green Ranger one. Is there any other helmets you're planning on doing at some point? I'm planning on casting a full copy of a Green Ranger helmet in bronze. Oh, that'd be sick. And um, during the summer, I'm going to be... Uh, sculpting dinosaurs. Hell yeah! Not life size, but <laughs> you know, sculpting dinosaurs. you're gonna make some dinosaurs. Yeah. That'll be cool. Hell yeah, dude! All right, so guys. Will be coming. If, you, if you have any uh, questions about the podcast, you can always hit us up. Uh, Facebook's uh, Weaving Words Podcast, Instagram, Gmail, Weaving Words Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, if you have any re- recommendations on how to make the podcast better, any guests you'd like to see come back, or any other recommendations you have, you can leave them there. Uh, until next time, adios, goodbye. <laughs>